0: We still don't have full control over what we believe is possible. We still don't have that authority to decide what's possible for us because our subconscious has five to seven, if not more years of foundational beliefs that are already locked in. Like your worldview has been solidified. Hi friends, welcome back to the Make It Inevitable podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Zamora, and today I have a treat for you. What you're about to hear is part of a workshop, micro-workshop training that I did recently for a summit about living a life without limits. And in this workshop, I am going to go into a little bit more depth around really identifying our winning strategy and how we can stop self-sabotaging. As a result of that strategy, and I'm going to walk you through the way of being blueprint. Now, this is going to be a little bit of a recap of other episodes for those of you that have been following along. So we will also link in the show notes to the original episode on our subconscious winning strategy, as well as the episode that I did around the way of being work and the blueprint. So this is kind of supplemental to that. And I would encourage you, even if you've listened to those episodes to listen to this one as well. Yes, I have talked about these things before, but this is work that the more that we anchor into it and really understand how it works, the more freedom and leverage that we can experience. So, without further ado, here is the episode. First, we are going to talk about the subconscious winning strategy what it is, how it shaped you, and why it's keeping what you deeply desire so far out of reach. So, our subconscious winning strategy is something that gets developed and then further develops us from a very young age. If you're not familiar with the subconscious and conscious mind, we'll just do a quick overview. So the subconscious is all that we have access to until we're about five to seven years old. When we're five to seven years old, our conscious mind finally comes online, but our subconscious has no ability to accept or reject information. Meaning, everything that we experience, everything that is said to us, every interpretation of the world outside of us just goes right in. We don't have any ability to say that doesn't sound or feel right to me or no, thank you for that perspective, but that's not going to work for me and my life and creating what I want to create and being who I'm here to be. We don't have that ability until about the ages of five to seven. And in some cases, even older. So think about those formative years. When you are surrounded by attachment figures, be that parents, grandparents, or other adult figures who are constantly telling you and showing you how the world works, what's possible and what's not. Additionally, besides internalizing all that information that's coming at us from external sources, we try to do things. We try to get the things that we want. We try to show up as who we are, whether that's being loud and playful at school when we're not supposed to, or asking our attachment figure or care caretaker or a candy bar when we're at the store and we get told no and we get told this is why or we're around people and in situations that perpetually reinforce the idea that some things are possible and others are not only certain people have success only this level of success is achievable for me only this level of love and belonging is achievable for me based on the experiences that I've had all of the information that I have internalized from the people and experiences around me and so we start to form this winning strategy, which is our strategy for achieving safety, security, success, love, and belonging. All things that feel essential and are essential for our survival as humans, especially when we're children. So we are literally dependent on the people around us for survival as children, as babies. And We learn very quickly out of necessity That we have to show up and behave in certain ways. Otherwise, we lose love and belonging. And then what happens? We can't survive if we don't have the love and belonging of the people around us. And we learn through the systems of the world that there is a certain level of success that we need to achieve, whether that is a certain level of money to survive, um, a certain social status and material goods that come with that to be accepted, to continue to have that love and belonging. And even a way of showing up in the world that gets us the things that we want and need. So we start to define very, very young before we have any ability to consciously choose what we are deciding is true about the world. We learn what's possible and what's not. And this informs who we are and how we show up for the rest of our life until we see this. So the level of safety, security, and success that you have right now The level of love and belonging that you have right now is a direct result of this subconscious winning strategy. It is also, here's the mind bundy part it is also the very thing that keeps what you really want that feels impossible to you perpetually out of reach. Because you are operating in such a way that reinforces the idea and belief that only some things are possible and others are not. So you develop this strategy for moving through life and engaging with life that ensures you can continue to produce a certain level of safety security success love and belonging because on a deep subconscious level you believe that that's all that's possible for you so once our sub- once our conscious mind comes online and we now have the ability to accept and reject information we still don't have full control over what we believe is possible we still don't have that authority to decide what's possible for us, because our subconscious has five to seven, if not more, years, of foundational beliefs that are already locked in. like your worldview has been solidified. You see the world a certain way. You see some things as possible and others are as not. This is your baseline operating system for life. But you're not aware of it, you're not conscious to it, because it just got in there. And built itself and has since been informing how you move through life in the world so even once our conscious mind comes online we're still not we still don't have a say because we're now filtering everything through our conscious mind we have the ability to accept and reject information but it's wholly informed by that subconscious piece so if i don't believe that it is possible for me to be at a certain level of health to make a certain amount of money to be an artist because I learned that the only way to be successful and have security is to have a certain type of job, be it a lawyer, doctor, whatever. Um, I have learned before my conscious line came online that men are not safe, that certain people are bad and wrong. Like All of this is running as my worldview. So even as new information is coming at me and I now have the conscious ability to accept or reject that it is wholly influenced and informed by that subconscious belief system. And my winning strategy is always operating because I need safety, security, success, love, and belonging to make it through this life, to navigate the systems of the world, to pay my bills, to not be alone and have people to help take care of me. So we think that we're making conscious choices. This is something a mentor of mine says and i believe got from their mentor we believe we're making conscious choices but until we understand the subconscious pieces at play we're actually not we're wholly influenced by a belief system that was formed without our consent or consideration or awareness over a five to seven if not longer period so understanding our winning strategy is really really critical so let's get into that so our winning strategy is made up of four parts The first is what we listen for. So I'm going to go through it in order, and then I'm going to reverse it for you, because when you start at the end, it's actually easier. Um, Tracy teaches it going forward, and I think that helps understand the pieces, but I will show you how to, to actually identify yours way more quickly. So the first piece is what do you listen for? To what, in any situation, is your attention drawn to? So this is the listening for component of the winning strategy. Now, it's not necessarily listening. It is, can also be feeling into things. So if I walk into a networking event, I might actually be listening to the conversations. What's the tone here? What are the types of conversations people are engaged in that I need to match in order to really connect with the people here and achieve the goal of whatever my goal is for being at this event? I can also walk into the room. And feel into the vibe of it. Hmm, it's feeling really serious in here. Oh, it's playful energy. It's light. Ooh, these are my people. These are not my people. They're not going to like this version of me. So listening for is where is your attention drawn to? What is it drawn? So I'll use myself as an example, and there are lots of different examples. So for me, I am constantly listening for what is wanted or needed. So what's most valued in this situation or relationship? That's what I'm listening for, either in conversation or I'm feeling into. hmm, What is it people want or need here? Some other things that people listen for is what's underneath or what's hidden. What could be done to make a better future result outcome? What's the whole story? What do they want that they don't know that they want? Where's the fun? Is it on or off track? What's the truth? What's really going on here? So those are examples. There's something, if you start to pay attention to every interaction and you start to track, "Mm, in this conversation with the cashier at the grocery store, I was listening for this. Or "Mm, when I was talking to my mom the other day, I was listening for this. When I walked into that meeting at work, I was listening for by feeling into this. You will start to see a pattern that there is something that you are always listening for. There is a thing to which your attention is constantly drawn. And the reason that we're listening for this Is so that we can then take a certain set of actions. So the second part of the winning strategy formula is so as to act by. I am listening for something so as to act by doing something specific. So what represents an essential solution or action in any given situation that will produce a winning or successful result for you? I am listening for this is mine, what is wanted or needed, so as to act by. Providing that, being the best version of that that I can be, most impeccably, irreplaceably, more quickly, like the best version of what is wanted or needed. That is how I act. Now, those actions are different in each situation. If that's a work situation, that's me providing the service faster and and better than anyone else could because that's what's wanted or needed. In personal relationships, it's being that sister or partner or friend like the best version of that that you want or need so that is the so is as to act by and some other examples of that are providing what's wanted and needed organizing gathering bringing people together taking responsibility for the whole situation figuring it out making it happen provoking moving arranging taking things lightly fixing empowering doing what's appropriate, doing the right thing. So those are different actions so as to act by things that we might do. And again, I really encourage you to track different interactions that you have with people, all different situations. Again, it could be a phone call that you make to schedule an appointment for something that you need to do. It can be a conversation with family or friends or a partner. It can be your interaction at the grocery store. You will start to see This pattern at play in different ways. And the more variety you can see of what you listen for and how you acted, the better able you are to categorize your listen for and so as to act by. So that's the second part. The third part is what is the desired outcome of my life? What is most important to you in the long run? This is the in order to component. So I listen for so as to act by in order to. So me, I listen for what is wanted or needed, what's most valued in this situation, so as to act by being the best at providing what is wanted or needed more quickly, more impeccably, like just the best version of it ever in order to be chosen, feel adored and loved, as well as to feel like I fit in and am irreplaceable. So that is the desired outcome. That is a set of feelings that I want to achieve to know that I have won or that I am successful in any given situation. Again, each situation and interaction will be different, but it all falls into that bucket. So here are some other in order to examples. So the in order to is the positive feeling that you're seeking. So to be valued, to be taken seriously, to be in charge, to call the shots, to be alive and feel everything, to be carefree and fulfilled, to be certain and safe. And again, mine to be chosen and adored and loved and to feel like I am irreplaceable. So what is the expansive or positive or successful set of emotions that you seek to feel in any situation or interaction? And you will act after listening for something, you will act in such a way to then produce that set of feelings. Now, the final piece of our winning strategy is to avoid. So ultimately, with our winning strategy, we are seeking to avoid a set of feelings and beliefs that are actually tied to our core wounding. So if you're not familiar with core wounds, we all have a core wound. They are formed when we're very young and they are reinforced over time. So we all tell ourselves core wound stories. And there are five different categories for core wounds. And yours will be a combination of two of these or multiple of these or your own flavor of one or many. So I'm unlovable. I am broken or damaged. I don't belong or fit in. I am not good enough. I'm wrong or bad. So we all have one of these or a mix. Mine is unlovable, broken, broken and damaged and I don't fit in, don't belong. But the loudest one is that I am unlovable. At my core, I am unlovable. So there is a set of emotions that comes with that that we seek to avoid. So feeling rejected, feeling abandoned, feeling like I'm not special or unique. Those are mine. I seek to avoid that. So I am listening for something in order to act in a certain way, or so as to act in a certain way, in order to feel a certain set of emotions and avoid feeling another set. Because if I can feel those expansive emotions, feeling chosen, feeling loved and adored, irreplaceable, I don't have to feel my core wounding. So we're always listening for these things, whether we're feeling into or we're actually listening in conversation. And we're always taking a certain set of actions in order to feel a certain way and avoid feeling another way. So that is the core wound formula. I mean, sorry, the winning strategy formula. The best way to find this formula for yourself is to start with the core wounding. If you are able to feel into what your core wound is, like, what's grossest for you? What's worst, yuckiest? I'm unlovable. I'm broken or damaged. I don't belong or fit in. Not good enough. I'm wrong or bad. And when you know what that is and what you seek to avoid, here are some avoid examples. Let me give you that really quick. Being left out. Um, Feeling trapped. Feeling controlled. Being out of control. Betrayal. Rejection. There's a lot, whatever the contractive experience is for you that goes along with your core wound. Once you know what your core wound is, what is the set of emotions that you seek to avoid at all costs? Because feeling them is so painful to you. Once you know what that is, then you can reverse engineer. What do you seek to feel instead? If I feel these things, it tells me that my core wound is not true. So if I feel chosen and adored and irreplaceable, special and unique, it cannot also be true that I am unlovable and damaged and broken. So I seek to feel these things so that I don't have to feel that, so that that no longer feels true. What are those expansive emotions that you seek to feel? Once you know what you seek to feel, what are the actions that you know you can take to produce those? If I am the best person, version of whatever is wanted or needed, I know that I will feel chosen and adored, special, unique, irreplaceable. That feels like love to me. That opposes my core wound. So I do these things in work situations. If you come to me, I'm going to be the best service provider you've ever had. I'm going to do it so fast and so amazingly well. I'm going to be able to do everything that you ask of me. Same with relationships. When I used to be in my core and my winning strategy in relationships, It would amplify the parts of me that the people liked and shrink and quiet the others. It will be the best version of a girlfriend partner you've ever had, friend. By amplifying parts of me and shrinking and hiding others. So what do you seek to avoid feeling? What set of emotions and feelings tell you that your core wound is not true? What actions do you take to produce that? And in order to take those actions, what do you have to know? What do you have to listen for? So reversing it, when we can really tap into and get honest about our core wound, makes it easier for us to then identify our full winning strategy. And again, I really encourage you to track interactions. At least one a day and different types of interactions. Work, personal, random encounters, walking into different rooms and experiences. What did you listen for? How did you then act? And what feelings and states did you seek to experience? And what did feeling those states and experiences help you believe is not true about yourself? What were you able to avoid feeling instead? And the more that you track this, the more that you'll start to see it at play. And here's the thing about winning strategies. They are inherently manipulative. They are not malicious. They are a survival skill, but they are inherently manipulative. We are listening for something so as to act in a certain way to produce a certain set of feelings. So that we don't have to feel our core wounding. It's inherently manipulative, so it'll feel a little yucky. Let me read you a few full ones. So example, Caroline. She listens for what's underneath or what's hidden so as to act by providing what is wanted or needed in order to be valued and avoid being left out. Melanie listens for what is the whole story so as to act by taking responsibility for the entire situation in order to be in charge and avoid feeling trapped. Al listens for what do they want that they don't know that they want in order to figure it out and make it happen. Oh, sorry. So as to act by figuring it out and making it happen in order to call the shots and avoid being controlled. Those are some examples of winning strategies. Some of what I shared from these examples might resonate for you. Great. Feel into it more. Find the language that fits for you to really understand your winning strategy and how and where it shows up. Now that we understand the core or the winning strategy keep wanting to say core wound, you have to know your core wound to understand your winning strategy. But now that we understand the winning strategy, the thing that we have to understand is that any time that we are operating from it, we are inherently reinforcing the belief that some things are possible and others are not, because that is what it was developed from. Before your conscious mind came online, you learned falsely that some things are possible for you and others are not that you need to achieve a certain level of safety, security, success, love, and belonging to survive in this world. And to do that, you have to listen for, act in certain ways in order to create certain outcomes that will let you know that you have succeeded and won. Anytime that you're in your winning strategy, you are perpetually pushing what you want further and further away. And we're talking about the things that feel impossible to us. So you have to, you have to be clear about what feels impossible to you so that you can start to move in a different way. So let's talk about how we step outside of this strategy so that we can quantum leap results in any area of our life. So first, and this is my methodology for making the impossible happen. There is a free workbook that goes along with us. You can check out all the information that comes along with this training. to access that. So I'm going to move through it pretty quickly. So there's five stages to this methodology. And this is how we step out of the winning strategy and start to make what we want inevitable. So making the impossible inevitable means it has to happen. It can't not happen if we are really living this methodology. So the first part of it is to claim your desires. You have to know what you want to make it happen. And it has to be something that you deeply desire. You. Not what other people think you should want, not what your ego thinks it should want, not what you think that you should have to achieve that old sense of safety, security, success, love, and belonging. What do you deeply desire? It has to be your desire. It has to be. Otherwise, the rest of this process is not going to work. So you have to claim your deep, big, impossible desire. What, if you could have it, would be worth going through this process and doing this work for? What would a life without limits really look like and feel like what would you have? Who would you be? What would your relationships look like? Where would you live? So what is it that you deeply desire? You, it has to be your desire. The second part of this methodology is to eliminate your stoppers. Now these are subconscious stoppers and they come from our subconscious winning strategy, our limiting belief system, all of which was formed before our conscious mind came online. So deep, deep rooted, and the winning strategy is really difficult to see at times because it's really hard for our brain to understand that this thing that has allowed me to be as successful, secure, safe, loved, and belong, belonging as I am is the thing that makes that impossible. How is that true? But also your subconscious doesn't want you to step outside of that because it doesn't know that you can survive it. So this can be really difficult to see on our own. And it's our worldview. We don't even know that it's there. It's just how we move through life. And that's true of all of our subconscious programming until we start to work with it. So it can be really hard to see your limiting beliefs. It can be really hard to see the thought patterns that you're in that have been running on a loop since you were an infant, a child. It's really difficult to see this. And we all have trauma. Even if you had the most beautiful, wonderful relationships and childhood, you have trauma. We come into this life as a certain person and personality with unique energetics, a unique a purpose, why we're here, who we're here to be. And we immediately enter into systems that actively strip us of who we are. That's a trauma. I'm talking family systems, education systems, religious systems, societal systems, healthcare systems, justice systems, all of the systems at play that are man-made are inherently biased because they were created by and for a certain type of person or group of people. Which means if we are not that, they are damaging and limiting to us. The education system is a great example. Even family systems. They are designed with an idea of who you need to be to succeed in them. They actively strip us of who we are. That's a trauma. So we all have trauma. Some of us have other traumas that we've experienced throughout life. Big traumas, little traumas. Big life transitions that jarred us. Unprocessed grief, unresolved emotions. This is what our stoppers are. As we start to claim, even just in claiming what it is that we want, we will bump right up against stoppers, subconscious beliefs, limiting beliefs, old traumas that say it's not safe. We can fog out from trauma. That's a trauma response. So immediately, as soon as we claim what we want, we're likely to hit subconscious stoppers, but they will continue to come up. You have to work with them. You have to work on them. This means process work, healing and clearing what's been stored in your body and your cells so that you're free to move forward. And what I always say is to see these as a gift. It really sucks when they crop up. It does, especially old traumas, things that we wish we could just sweep under the rug and leave there. Limiting beliefs and subconscious winning strategies can be difficult to repattern and rewire. That is the work. When you start to bump up against these things, when you see your winning strategy at play, when you find an old trauma that's been stored or unfelt emotion that needs to be processed, it's a gift. And doing the work to heal and clear it will give you more leverage to create what it is that you want. So eliminate your stoppers. Three, decide and declare. This is energetics. Decision is a frequency. When we are decided that something is happening, we move and engage with life differently. There's a very big difference between me being decided that I will have this thing. This is happening. And I think maybe I might one day, it would be cool. If that happened, I might dabble in that. Dabbling is a very different frequency than decision. And when I mean frequency, it's our energetics, how we carry ourselves through the world, how we engage with things. Think about a time that you were deeply decided. You moved with a different energy and frequency and intention. See, you have to be decided. The root of the word decision means to cut off, which means when I am decided, I am going this way. All of that is a no. You have to be decided. And that is an energetic frequency. And the declaration is a deeper piece, which is about declaring our context. Who are we? What is the world we are creating? What is it that we are moving towards? So right now, I want you to just focus on decision. You have to be decided that what you are claiming is happening. When we are decided, we move in expectation of. We move differently. We engage with life differently. When we engage with life differently, the world reconfigures around us. It's not woo-woo. It's not magical thinking. It's how our frequency-based universe works. Decision is a frequency. You have to be decided that what it is that you want is happening. And there is a difference. There may still be fear, but there is no worry and doubt. There is expectation. There is, I am going this way. And I will continue to eliminate anything that crops up that tries to stop me, especially internally. Decision is a frequency. You have to be in this energetic place. And it's about embodying it. You can't just think, I am decided. When deep down you are not, you are still wobbly. You are still considering and entertaining other options and pathways. You know what it feels like to be decided. It is a frequency. It is an energy. So you must decide. And if you can't, there is a stopper there. There is a fear. There is a limiting belief. There is a trauma. It just needs to be worked on and cleared. The fourth phase is clear the path. This is way of being work. So when we tap into who we are, the version of self that has what we want, and we pull that person into the now and we embody them fully, we become a clearing for what we want to come through. We open a clearing. We shift the odds in our favor. What we want starts moving towards us. Now, this is not fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it has its place. This is not it. This is full embodiment. So I am tapping into the energetics and the consciousness of the me who has the thing that I want. Who are they? How do they move? What do they think? What do they believe? What do they feel? What are the decisions that they make? And I pull that consciousness into the now. I embody them fully right now, even though my circumstances are not that. I embody it. I move from the frequency of that version of self. And when we do that, we become a clearing. We become an opening. We become a magnet for what it is that we want to start moving towards us. We are aligned with it. We are in resonance with it. We are moving and being and deciding and acting as the person who has it. So that is the fourth step. Clearing the path is a way of being work. And the fifth and final phase is to bridge the gap. This is about action, but when it comes to making the impossible happen, our action is not doing as much as it is the conversations that we're engaged in. And there are two conversations, internal conversations and external conversations, and both are equally as important. The most transformational is the internal conversation. It's learning to stop interpreting things, seeing them for what they are. All that happened is what happened. What is missing, which is not as what is wrong or not as it should be, what's missing for me to create what it is that I want and what's next for me to get what's missing to create what I want. It is disengaging from interpretation because interpretation stalls us out. When we start to interpret what is happening. By assigning meaning and telling stories about it, we trigger our core wounding, we reactivate our winning strategy, and we perpetually push what it is that we really want further and further away. Because our winning strategy inherently says that some things are possible and others are not. And if what we really desire feels impossible and we're in our winning strategy, we cannot have it. We can't grab it. And if we manage to grab it, we can't hold it. It's incongruent. It's misaligned. So... The conversations that we're engaged in internally are those of stepping out of interpreting things, seeing things for what they are and staying plugged into and committed to what it is that we want to create and having an internal conversation that keeps us in motion towards it and keeps us out of our winning strategy. Now, the external conversations boil down to requests and promises. So again, not interpreting things, not telling stories about what's happening with other people. Listening for requests and promises and understanding that when people say no to us, that moves us forward as much as a yes. So there is a combination with external conversations of bringing in that internal piece of not interpreting it, of not making it mean something, not telling a story about it, letting it trigger our core wound and activate our winning strategy. We are staying in motion by listening for and making requests and promises. And there's a whole lot to this. I know I'm going over it at a high level because we only have so much time. But those are the two conversations, the conversations that we're engaged in, determine what is possible for us and whether or not we are in motion towards that. So you have to look at those conversations that you're engaged in. Are they moving you towards what you want? So those are the five phases. I list them in order, but we bounce around. You might have to go back to claiming your desire again. You might have to go back to eliminating stoppers. You might have to continually make that decision and declare what it is that you want. We are constantly in conversation. Are we having the right conversations? Am I embodying the way of being a future me? So this is a lot of work. And it's this matrix, the way that I I display visually this methodology is a matrix. Because we are constantly moving through it. Yes, we must first claim. And as we move towards what it is that we want, we will bounce around. So to wrap things up for today. I want to walk you through a really quick process of crafting a new way of being blueprint. So the way of being blueprint is something I have done for myself and something that I do with all my clients. And this allows us to collapse time and shift the odds in our favor because we are embodying the way of being of the us that has what we want. So when we do that, when we are in that way of being, remember, we become a clearing. And when we become a clearing, we create an opening for what we want to start moving towards us. It immediately shifts the odds in our favor. Same as decision. If I am decided that this is happening, the odds are far more likely than it is. So these are the things that you can work through, the questions that you can answer to build out your way of being blueprint. So first, knowing what your fullest expression is, knowing what it means to live your purpose, which means you need to have claimed your desire. You need to have come into alignment with who you are and who you're here to be. So answering this question at the top of your page in your journal and a Google doc, Why must and will you live your fullest expression, your purpose? Why and must? Why must and will you live your fullest expression, your purpose? And then I want you to write about a year from today. I will. I will have, I will be, I will have accomplished, I will be living. Really paint that picture of a year from today, I will. What all will you have? Based on what you're claiming, your purpose, your most fullest expression, fully aligned life, a year from today. Then I want you to list out your top three goals in life, work, spiritual health, relationships, all the categories that are important to you. What are your top three goals? What is most important to you from all the things that you will have a year from today? If you are living your fullest expression, your purpose. And you answer the question, who do you need to be? Who's the version of you that has these things that you want? And then write it out in detail. And then list the new habits that I create in order to achieve my goals are. What are those habits? What are you doing every day, every week, every month? What are the habits of your day-to-day life, of that way of being, of that version of self who has what you want? What are those habits that you need to implement? And another list, the new beliefs I am accepting as truth. What are those beliefs? What do you believe? The you who has what you want, what does that version of self believe? What are those beliefs? What do I need to experience, learn, create, contribute, and acquire to be fulfilled? Make a list of everything you need to experience, learn, create, contribute, and acquire to live your fullest expression to be fulfilled. And then from there, what I usually do with the Way of Being Blueprints is we build out the actual doing strategy. So this is being strategy, our way of being blueprint. It's being strategy. Doing is what are the goals? How will you break them down? What does that look like? What do you need? So it's something that you can build out as well. But for this, for now, the Way of Being Blueprint is something that you write up and you can record yourself reading it and listen to it every day, but read it every day, morning and night to really reinforce Why it's important for you to live your purpose, to live a life without limits, and what it is you're moving towards, what it is that you want, what's important to you, and who you need to be for that. And not just the idea of who they are in the world. What do you believe? What do you think? What are your habits? Really anchoring that in, in the morning, allows us to move through the day from that place more easily. And then we become a clearing for what we want. And reading it before bed allows it to sink into our subconscious. That is what I have for you today. Thank you all so much for being here, for taking the time to understand your winning strategy. And I really hope that you put this into practice, all of this. I know that it was a lot. I know that some of it was at a high level because of our time limit. But if you can really start to anchor into this work, you can live a life without limits. You can break free from self-sabotage. You can make the impossible inevitable. You can move it into possibility and into a reality very quickly. So I hope that you will really work to implement all of this.